0: Do you have some big like master plumber that you're following around and like you have a like pretty strong relationship with that person or like how does that work
1: You'll you'll probably be lucky if you have a master plumber as a journeyman for that classification it's kind of rare but for the most part you'll be with somebody who's had quite a long time in the trade and You'll be with them, obviously, until the job's done or until, you know, somebody gets laid off.
0: Wait, are they actually called master plumbers? I just made that up. I didn't really have no idea. That's like the real term. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. Welcome back to I'm the Villain. So today we're going to be talking about um, apprenticeships and kind of trade school and working in a trade, um, which is a topic that I actually, uh, I'm, I'm pretty interested in because I actually had a, I was like when in college, I lived right by a trade school. Um, and so I kind of like got to go and like do a couple articles on them when I was working for the newspaper there. So that, that's kind of an interesting kind of Um, topic for me. Um, So today we're going to talk with Sal who has his own podcast called The Fresh Apprentice, which I love your podcast name and your podcast art, just (laughs) FYI. Um, Do you want to give a couple sentences about yourself just to introduce yourself to our audience?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, Hey, everybody, it's Sal. Um, I am a second year apprentice in a plumber pie fitter apprenticeship. Um, a, A total... The apprenticeship is a uh, five years.
0: Wow. Okay. So, what? How did you kind of get into that? And like, why did you want to go to trade school? Uh.
1: So how I got into it was by sheer luck. What? Um, <laughs> 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 right. Um. But for the most part, it, it was completely by accident. You know. Um. I I don't know how it works for other trades, but there's a certain gap or period to um apply to the apprenticeship excuse me and i was probably one of the last people to apply and uh yeah i i got it just like i said completely by sheer luck so um yeah Yeah. (laughs)
0: um so like what was that whole kind of like you have to like choose a trade at least right when you go in because at least the trade school that i you know williamson that i'm familiar with it had like five different trades and you had to uh you know pick one
1: right so there there's like uh certain classifications i guess of apprenticeships um there's like a cooperative one that works like you said with a local community college or or university or something and then and then there's the independent ones that are uh kind of company sponsored i guess so the one i'm part of is is a cooperative one which works with a local community college here but um also further than that it's it's a union apprenticeship so i'm i'm kind of part of a a group, I guess you could say, like-minded people that you know uh, support better wages, vacation pay, everything like that. But mm-hmm. um, with with the unions though, it, each union has its own trade. So the union I'm a part of is the United Association, which covers uh, you know, AC, you know, air conditioning, HVAC. excuse me but um plumbers pipe fitters just anything to do with um pipe or conveying liquids through pipe or anything like that but i mean for for the most part you you kind of have to choose what you want to do beforehand so there's there's also a carpenter's union right that union has a whole bunch of other classifications under it as well um there's the iron workers right they're just slapping iron together pretty much um, to support buildings or kind of the skeleton of the do building. you have
0: like a do you have like a little trade union sorting hat where it's like aha i can see you're an iron worker <laughs> like-
1: of course it's it's like you you can kind of tell i mean especially by like uh so an example of uh <laughs> and some jokes to go with that like iron workers they carry these giant they're called bolt bags right that's what they carry their bolts into um like bolt the iron together because the the skeleton has to have like uh certain bolts that have a certain shear weight on them so under pressure you know
2: is you said you've been in your program for five years right 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 um so when are you when are you officially like moving out of apprentice and like just going to be a pipe fitter slash plumber.
1: Um, let's see. So I joined in 2019 and five years. So what, 2024, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. But w- with that, though, there's there's obviously like certifications to move on to each year. So first year is the soldering test. So you have to be proficient enough to solder like copper and stuff in order to move on to the next year. So with with the fifth year, you have to have a plumbing license in order to graduate the program, and of course they'll prepare you for that. But, um, yeah, there's there's certain certifications that, <clears throat> excuse me, require you uh, are required of you to move on to the next year. So each each year has its own, you know, certification and test. Hmm.
2: Is this year is this something that all plumbers have to go through, or is this is this sort of program you're going through just like really, really extra preparing
1: you right um union apprenticeships tend to prepare you the most to kind of be well rounded in in everything um but for like because it's different, so um the union I'm part of they do mostly like industrial plumbing, so high rises you know casinos skyscrapers um pretty complex systems compared to a residential plumber. So residential plumbers, you, you get paid more if you do have the license, but for it's like kind of a gray area because you can still work on plumbing if you don't have the license. So it's it's kind of iffy there in between. But no, not all plumbers have to go through that.
0: Is is there some kind of regulatory body that like checks if you're doing plumbing like with a license or not?
1: Yes. So each it's it's called an AHJ, like a authority having jurisdiction, and usually that is a plumbing inspector or like the board of examiners. So that that would probably be, and it differs state to state, like the code and everything. Um, you can't do the same thing in one state as the other if that makes sense. Did you,
2: um, did you go to, before you were doing this program, did you do any kind of like post-secondary education, like, you know, college, community college or anything like that?
1: Yeah. So actually out of high school. So as soon as I graduated, I I tried going to college, you know, it, it, it wasn't for me, I, I guess, you know, just the learning and everything. Um, but I had tried to go. I think I had gone for like one semester, and and that was kind of it. I I realized I just wanted to do something else, but that's the only experience I had.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Do you live in a place
2: where I don't know what the culture is in in Vegas? Are you from Nevada? Is that how you always lived there?
1: Uh, I was raised here, so I moved here in 07. But
2: I I, I know you were born in Anchorage. Right. Right. Um. So was. It, I feel like where I was from, I would have enjoyed. I'm from the South. I would have enjoyed more, like I guess more options open to me. Like I felt like people were just like, you need to go to college. You need to go go to college. Right. Do you feel like you had that pressure
1: coming out of high school? Um, you know, down here, uh, I I would say so. Or or to pursue something like entrepreneurially, I guess you could say like kind of. Just more educated, yeah, yeah. I would, I would agree with that. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: So was it hard uh, taking a different path?
1: Um, yeah, (laughs) like, (laughs) like a like a funny story is, I mean, my whole family didn't. They they were like, "Oh man, you're gonna go to school to like plunge toilets and everything." That's so sad. It's kind of a misconception, you know, because there's different types of plumbing. There's it just generally in life, there's different paths to take. You know, and I took one and it worked out for me, but, um, it, it was kind of like a shock when, I, you know, when everybody found mm-hmm. out. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Are people chill with it now?
1: Um, I think for now, they still mostly don't understand it for the most part. Uh, nobody really asks me questions about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you're also just getting, you're getting a free education, Right. I right. mean that in right. and of itself is like such a huge departure from your typical like, you know, private college or whatever. Right. Right.
1: right exactly. And can it,
0: you, can you sorry, talk a little bit? My... About, yeah. Can you talk a little about like how that model works? Cause I know for the trade school that was by my college, it was entirely yeah. funded by the alumni of the school. And so that oh, was wow. why they were able to stay tuition free, is because the alumni actually had they had like a hundred percent placement rate, like 100% of people who graduated from the school ended up getting jobs. Yeah. And from that, and they were like pretty lucrative jobs, actually. So they and they felt really grateful for the education. So like, it's, it's actually pretty incredible to me that they were able to entirely fund the school that way. Um, and that people felt that strongly about like, you know, making sure the school stayed open for people who are coming after them to be able to continue to like learn their trades. So like, I don't know if that's similar to the model that your school has, um, but yeah, what, what is, how does that work?
1: So I'm going to put tuition in quotation marks there. Um, it It is paid. It's, let's see. So last, my first year in apprenticeship, we had to pay, um, I want to say 300. That's, that's for books. And that's it just books um everything else is provided uh but this year is is kind of different with the COVID thing going on so they tacked on an extra 120 for um individual chromebooks so if if the it's called the training center if the training center should ever shut down um we have that as kind of a backup but um for the most part yeah every year you're paying about 300 bucks just just for books and that's it and obviously it's at a discounted price because each book I looked it up like each book is almost like $90 each but we got it discounted if that makes sense but that's the only thing we pay. Yeah. that's it just the books
2: do you know how how the school like gets its funding like is it state funded
1: um you know i believe it is like state regulated but other than that since it is a union it's for the most part paid for by the members with uh union dues. got it interesting
0: so it is kind of similar in the sense that the people who like went through it presumably then joined the union and then pay back into the school
1: right pretty much yeah as well as the apprentices so i when i when i get a check like every week uh union dues do come out of that as well.
2: Mm, do you know how much how much you pay in dues a year?
1: Um you know what? I'm I don't <laughs> I haven't taken the time to calculate it, but I do know as as so with like overtime and everything and um the more hours you get, the more you are going to pay in into those dues. There's definitely negative sides there. And and gray areas, but it's yeah. The more you make technically, the more you're gonna pay, in dudes. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That sounds very equitable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it. You know, it comes with its quirks. Definitely. Joint like that. There's like a big misconception with unions. Um. The, obviously, the nepotism and the the politics and everything that's involved with it. That's why a lot of people tend to stay away from unions. Just because of that fact, you know, they don't want to deal with the BS of management or you know people who who have ties. Because I mean, with the unions, a big thing is about who you know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a really big part of the unions, and I have definitely witnessed some of that. But for the most part, if you if you keep your nose down and just you know do what you're supposed to do, you should scoot along just fine.
0: Yeah. Well, I know that there's obviously like America generally has been kind of attacking unions. And right. and I'm curious about like do you work for for do you technically work for the union and the union is kind of like the company because like when I think of other, you know, industries like Amazon for example, yeah. they're yeah. they're like trying to unionize but Amazon kind of like quashes that. Right? right but it sounds like you actually work for the union itself and there's not like another larger superstructure like a company involved is that right
1: right you're that's that's exactly right actually so the union will actually dispatch you to a a contractor that hires union or needs union workers and um yeah for the most part yeah you hit it right on the head the the union is is technically the one giving the jobs out
0: so the are they the ones cuz you you mentioned you get like vacation like paid vacation and stuff like that is that paid out by the union?
1: That's actually it, it's it's kind of it's it's a crazy deal like so the contractor is actually the one that pays the benefits and uh the vacation pay and everything like that it it's included in the package so the the contractor is technically the one paying all that Got money. It.
0: Yeah. I don't, yeah. I, that's like, just, I, I don't have any like under like familiarity with that whole model. So it's really interesting. Is that, is Uh, that like pretty much how all like construction related or like, you know, all like plumbing and like that, that kind of thing. Does that, is that how it basically works everywhere or is that kind of unique to your union?
1: For the most part, any union that's going to be on a a job site, that's, that has other union workers on it it's it's going to be like that but um it's it's different everywhere but for here where i'm at the unions tend to focus mostly on on high rises right they tend to focus mostly on giant buildings but anywhere else you see like uh an example would be like a gas station if if they're building a gas station for the most part those are probably not going to be union workers so it's specifically applied to union workers or a union job site Interesting
0: So then when when you like say that you're kind of like you have this apprenticeship model do you have some big like master plumber that you're following around and like you have a like pretty strong relationship with that person or like how does that work
1: For the most part on my first day on the job, I was with a they're they're called journeyman, right? So they've they've had years in the trade. They graduated from their apprenticeship. For the most part, you're just going to have a journeyman. You'll you'll probably be lucky if you have a master plumber as a journeyman. For that classification, it's kind of rare. But for the most part, you'll be with somebody who's had quite a long time in the trade and You'll be with them obviously until the job's done, or until you know somebody gets laid off.
0: Wait, are they actually called master plumbers? I just made that up. I really had no idea. That's like the real term. <laughs> yeah, no, <man. laughs> yeah,
1: that's a that's a real classification. If you have that classification, you're kind of the you know the top dog. You're kind of in the elite, I guess you could say, of, <laughs> of plumbing as far as as far as certifications go. I know it's it's crazy. That's so funny. <laughs>
2: that's yeah that's a lot of fun master plumber
1: yeah
0: wow so do they like um get like paid more to train you guys i mean i assume that's like you know a big like time investment on their part to, to have to do that
1: right right um no they don't but um as they've come up in their own apprenticeships you know they kind of understand what the responsibilities and everything are obviously time slows down for them a little bit but for the most part they don't they don't get any extra compensation for that cuz i'm i mean you got to think like the only thing a lot of these guys have is is the heritage and their experience to pass on to the next generation of of mm-hmm. apprentices yeah. It's
0: just so rare to think of an actual mm-hmm. industry that is able to really function off of that kind of goodwill, though, given kind of the weird dystopian world that we're in now. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty awesome that that people actually, even though they're not getting paid for it, like, still want to kind of pay it forward.
1: Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, I guess you could say the, the gray area for that is uh, the pension plan, right? The more members that we have, the more that we we are able to fund the pension I guess if you could say that oh um, okay but right so it's 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 also that it's working in hand with that as well so it's kind of a you know you scratch my back I'll scratch yours kind of deal <laughs> yeah yeah I see
2: so you're like yeah I mean that makes sense because you guys are like you know it's a co-op you guys are all
1: kind of in it right. together exactly right? exactly
0: yeah that's so so do you think, you know, based on having, you know, you're in your second year, um, done this now for a while, do you what do you think of it as an educational model? Like do you think it's like effective? Do you think it's better than, you know, do you think more trades and more like industry should have an apprenticeship model because it's very appealing to me this notion of like just, you know, as opposed to going to a, a school and like getting this formal education, just like actually doing the thing and like kind of like learning as you go.
1: Right. I think, um, apprenticeships definitely have their place, but I, for everybody, uh, the mod, the actual model, um, I would kind of compare it to like a, uh, coding camp, if that makes sense. Like it's, it's more hands-on if, if that makes sense. But, as the model goes, I think it's a great model, but it's not kind of everything, if that makes but sense. But for
0: what you do, you think it's the best way to learn it?
1: Yes, 100%. Okay. I do.
0: Um, so I guess what it's it's interesting because, you know, as you mentioned, now during COVID, there's a lot of things that are different and and I think that what most people when we think of the essential who's an essential worker, uh we think of like, you know, whatever, grocery store uh salespeople and like people who are working in hospitals obviously but I assume that plumbing must be also an essential be categorized as an essential worker, right?
1: Right. Uh yeah, uh anything to involve the the building trades, I guess could because, you know, the whole infrastructure thing. But I, I have a few friends that have their own plumbing companies and they've kind of, you know, scooted away from the union, but they're, they're mostly residential, and they say, you know, their businesses have kind of gone up since COVID happened.
2: Yeah, I wonder, like, I feel like just even living in my house, Yeah, we're here more, we're using it more, and shit is just breaking more right. because, you know, <laughs> we're here, like, probably more than double the amount of time that we used to be. Right. And we've had to get tons of repairs on the house. Right. So that I feel like that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. That demand might be going up for just like repair people and like right, uh, those those kinds of those kinds of jobs.
1: Yeah.
0: So yeah, I mean, what would you say to people who are kind of like? I think it's just a norm now that we consider there to be like you know a path that is quote unquote successful, and it's like you know has to like is basically white collar work. But we, I mean, as you know, there's so. There's so much opportunity around trades, and actually there's from what I've read there's not enough people going into trades. there's actually way more demand than there is supply mm-hmm. right so how I mean how right. do you get yep. more people to be actually filling the jobs that are needed? you know
1: I would say the marketing is is kind of lacking on on the trade side um, It's kind of something that you have to go seek for yourself instead of seeing that the opportunities there if that makes sense
0: yeah i wonder if there's also more opportunity because it's obviously very gendered right like i remember in the podcast episode of yours that i was listening to it's very much referred to as this brotherhood and right and right uh, you know is there also potentially an opportunity to get more women into trades like plumbing right
1: (laughs) of course of course there's you know what the (laughs) <laughs> the crazy thing is, is that any woman that I've seen on a job site has outworked any man on any single crew, and that goes across all trades. It's, it's kind of a funny deal, you know. They're working the hardest. They're always doing something, but uh, there's definitely room for more women to join. But if it's not like uh, because I guess an example of that would be, there is uh. There's a girl, not in my apprentice class, but in another apprentice class. Um, But she had actually gone to community college and gotten all her welding certs and everything. So, I mean, she had experience prior to joining. So I guess maybe that's kind of the reason is the experience um, that more women don't join. But uh, that's just from my view. So I'm, I'm not really too sure. But there definitely is more room. (laughs) <laughs> yeah mm, i think it definitely checks out that
2: the women <laughs> you know are working harder because i feel like if, if you know from when i've talked to women even right. in like you know office settings they're right. like oh yeah i'm working my <laughs> ass off so that like no man can give me shit like for even right for like even suggesting that i don't right It just you
0: know? had to work twice as hard to be taken as seriously
2: yeah and I imagine, yeah, and I imagine that is even amplified in like in a work setting where, you're like, you know, you are using your hands,
0: right? And it just goes against a lot <sighs> of stereotypes around women, right? It just yes. like you know, being able to be because you have to be kind of like it's basically like a lot of engineering that you are doing, right? right? And like you have to be very kind of spatially minded and yes, whatever, right? Right. And that's just not something people stereotype women as, you know, having those skills. I think partially the stereotype comes from like, oh, like this is like, you know, hard physical labor, which I'm sure that, you know, that is involved. But because we have so much machinery now, I would imagine it's not like a woman physically couldn't do a lot of what you're doing. Right, right. Right. Because like, whatever, like lifting pipes and stuff is done by cranes for the most part, right?
1: Crane or any kind of mechanical advantage.
0: No, what does that mean exactly? Mechanical advantage? Uh,
1: Mechanical, just anything to get. You know, something heavy off the ground or in the air without you know using using the least amount of force from your body, if that makes sense. Like pulley systems come alongs, cranes, um, just anything of that nature. Mm-hmm.
2: I've actually heard that term. <laughs> I've heard the term mechanical mechanical advantage used on like survival shows because they're when they're building like bow drills to make fires. They're like, you know, they make a bow to get a mechanical advantage on the wood. Yep.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Have
0: you ever considered going on a survival show? sounds like you have the the skills to do Uh, it.
1: Man, I don't even know. All I know about is is pipe. I'm not sure I could survive that long, but
0: uh, (laughs) I don't know. You don't think they're applicable to like a... Survival scenario.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I'm not sure. I guess I'll have to try it out. See if it works out. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) I mean, I had a friend who was on Survivor who was literally doing nothing but getting his like Harvard PhD or whatever. So I doubt there was that many applicable skills that he had in that round.
2: (laughs) Wait, you had a friend. You had a friend that was on Survivor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What season? (laughs) I don't know (laughs) season,
0: but his name is James Lim, and he had just like. All, all I know is, it was all over his social media. He had all of these like professional shots taken of him, and like, wow. I don't, I don't, I don't watch Survivor, so I have no idea. Like,
1: <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: <laughs> that's insane.
0: But yeah, he certainly do, didn't do like a physical thing as his job. So uh, you know, I, probably anybody could go on Survivor. <laughs> what made you interested in starting a podcast about it?
1: Like I said, the unions don't really market like what goes on it's kind of like a secret society <laughs> it, you you have to go seek that knowledge for yourself and and then once you do get in there's there's more to it than than they just explain in the application process so i, I just kind of wanted to document like what's going on and obviously you know as the five years go on there's going to be different content and different things that i come across and i just wanted to document everything and mm-hmm. and my soft skills are horrible, so to I mean, <laughs> myself would <laughs> hopefully, you know, make me more extroverted.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I remember you saying that that was like a big part of, <laughs> you know, that people don't think about. Right? right, is that needing to be able to relate to, I guess, clients. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Is a big. I mean, deal. yeah,
2: consumer consumer relations seems like it's very important.
1: Yes, a hundred percent. Because they don't.
2: Because we. Cause people that are building buildings don't have to go with you. Right. They can choose some, they can choose some other, some other uh, plumbers exactly. or some other, you know, whatever.
1: Exactly. That's a, that's a hundred percent true. There's obviously some bad apples that, that come with the union, you know, some lazy guys or, or guys that aren't putting in their share, I guess, or doing their part. Um, but for the most part, if a contractor does go with like, um, union labor they should be getting you know skilled labor almost like an automated workforce you should just show them prints and they should just go install those things uh, pretty much automatically
0: do people get kicked out of the union
1: um yes yes they do (laughs) um it's either you know it's really hard to get kicked out of the union so one one example is i i had a classmate um and it's remember the apprenticeship is state run so they have to make sure that each apprentice is getting a certain amount of classroom hours so if you're absent right it's kind of a slap on the wrist the first time you know second absence it's it's kind of another slap on the wrist but then the third absence is you have to appear in front of the committee and you know explain to them why you've been missing all this school and everything and and once you get to 5 you get kicked out obviously if there's drug use or anything you they do have programs for that like to put you through and then maybe you can come back but obviously there has to be progress Um, there
2: interesting that they're yeah that they like have kind of built in or like selected programs that they send people that are using drugs to
1: right right and i guess it's probably might have been a big problem in the past so they can it was kind of something they were forced to do but um for the most part they're very strict on on each apprentice getting their hours and you know showing up for like for work maybe is not so much regulated because obviously there's issues that can arise with um management and apprentices or apprentices and journeymen or vice versa but um for the most part the the classroom is is where more of the importance is for an apprenticeship
0: so do they they basically send you to that program even if you're like you can't do drugs on or off a job
1: right uh drug test it's it's crazy because they have random drug tests that they won't tell you about and obviously you have to drug test before going on any job site whatever what have you but they're really big on the substance abuse thing as well so that's that's the whole need for the random drug testing.
2: Mhm. Do they, is it like do they care about weed and stuff or is it mostly the the hard stuff or is it, or do they care about everything?
1: Right, the the weed is is a gray area cuz it's legal here, but obviously not right, federally. But um, mm-hmm. It's it's like uh you can't really be you can't have it in your system at the time of testing if that makes sense. that's Mm -hmm. all i'm gonna say about that.
0: (laughs) it sounds like i'm assuming that the program that you're talking about is more of a like rehab type program right right like they're trying to work with you to actually help you solve your problem as opposed to just like locking you up right yeah (laughs) or or like you know any of those systems that kind of just see you as a lost cause
1: right i mean i've heard stories that'll even like if, if you were a nuisance, you know, on the strip or anything, and you were drunk, they'll come bail you out of jail, you know? <laughs> you know? Oh, wow. Yeah, I have, I have yet to. I have yet That's
0: better to- than I would say most employers, right? <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> I guess they really do care.
2: Sal, thanks so much for sitting with us today
1: right on hey thank you guys uh, for having me sorry did i just interrupt the outro no, no, no. <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we're definitely gonna keep that too uh, no the question i ask everybody is uh how are you staying sane or keeping busy during quarantine
1: the number one thing that I, for me is like a a breath of fresh air is take because I have a little baby girl and I I take her and my wife out to like a park, just the park, just something as simple as that is kind of what ties the end of the day together, and I guess that is what keeps me sane the most.
2: Nice, that's that's an extremely wholesome. Answer.
0: That's incredibly wholesome. I love that.
2: Yeah, that was just incredibly wholesome. Oh man, you guys are
1: too nice.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Um, cool. So why don't you go ahead and plug whatever you want to plug?
1: Yeah. on um, the fresh apprentice anywhere podcasts are, and also on Instagram at the fresh apprentice. And that's, that's pretty much all I have for now.
2: <laughs> cool. And as always, if you liked what you heard, you can find us at I'm the villain
1: pod. That's our Twitter, our Instagram and our Gmail. Otherwise, bye.